the sun is shining and all of my favorite plant friends are popping up right now. Speaking of plants, what are you growing this year? Do you know? Do you know what kind of medicine will be in your garden? Or are you still trying to figure it out? Totally okay if you're still trying to figure it out. We're all growing and learning on this journey, right? But if you want some help, I do have a family medicine garden guides. It's basically 10 essential herbs that I feel like every mom needs to know and grow in their yard. I give you some growing tips and ways that you can use it as medicine, and it's totally free. So if you want that, I'm going to pop a link in the show notes here for you to grab it and give Get your hands digging in the dirt and growing incredible medicine for you and your family. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Herbalist Path, where we're on a mission to inspire a movement where there's an herbalist in every home again. It was once like that, you know, and there's no reason that today your neighbor's brother's cousin's best friend's sister's neighbor can't start using plant medicine in their own home. So if you love the mission of this podcast and you love this episode up ahead, please subscribe and leave us a rating on iTunes and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for tuning in. And here's to our journey down the herbalist path. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Herbalist Path. I'm really excited about today's guest, my very good friend, Dr. Danielle Curry, a naturopath that practices out of the Troutdale, Oregon area, and is moving from a practice out of the Milwaukee area. Um, I'm so excited about The Herbalist Path that she is on and what she's about to share with people. It's going to be really wonderful for you guys to hear about. Um, I have known Dr. Curry since I was pregnant with my daughter. And what I find so amazing about her is how much healing I have watched her do for herself over the years. It's really, really amazing. I think a lot of naturopaths as they go through medical school are extremely stressed. And when I was pregnant with my daughter, I could definitely see it on Dr. Curry's face. And um, right now when you see her, she resonates with nothing but brilliance and beauty. And I am a superpower healer. So I am really excited to introduce to you Dr. Danielle Curry. Welcome to the Herbalist Path. I am so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for that lovely introduction. You are um, very generous with your compliments. (laughs) (laughs) Just honest. I am excessively honest. That's, That's for sure. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to have you here. So uh, I want to start out, and since this podcast is all about creating a movement to have an herbalist in every home, I just want to hear a little bit about your story and how you got started in the world of herbalism. Okay, so my story is uh, one that basically encompasses my entire life. Uh, I have have a condition called psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis um, for as long as I can remember. Um, back at probably at least at second grade was when the uh, joint pain started coming on. 
and skin symptoms since I was 12. Yay, puberty. Um, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, good times. <laughs> and so going through that and always being a science geek and really being in love with the human body, I knew I wanted to do something in the healthcare field. Um, and I actually stumbled across naturopathic medicine out of the blue when I was going through a little personal crisis of, I don't know exactly how I want this path to go. Um, and I literally stumbled across a health career fair at Oregon State while I was attending there and found naturopathic medicine for the first time in my entire life. Oh, wow. It was just out of the blue. I had no idea it was there. I was walking on a part of campus. I was never been there before. So from there, I went to naturopathic medical school and I started with a real passion for food and diet and how that can influence our lives and then fell right into the lap of the herbs. Um, we, I learned a lot from uh, Jillian Stansbury. Um, I loved working with Dr. Peabody, Dr. Francis, and mm -hmm. um, Dr. Uh, oh my goodness, his name is going to escape me. I can see his face in front of me. Um, he works a lot with Herb Farm, so it'll come later. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I remember making all sorts of herbal concoctions in that class and making kombucha for the first time with an herbal tea combination. And Was it Dr. Nagel, and, Glenn Nagel? Yes, thank you. Yeah, he's I wanted to say Neil for some reason. Like, yeah. No, that's not right. He's so <laughs> <Yes>. much fun. <laughs> yes, so much fun. Mm -hmm. um, and then finishing going through boards and all of that and lost the herbs a little bit um, in my practice and then found them again and came back. And most of it was just the herbs calling to me. You know, mm -hmm. my son got stung by a bee and I found plantain and I said, Oh, I know plantain is drying, chewed it up, made a spit poultice. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Put it on his, on his foot. And within minutes, no more pain from the bee sting, you yeah. know, and just little things here and there. And they just kept calling me and calling me until I finally would stop long enough to listen and just dive straight on in. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, as you were saying that it reminded me that I forgot to um, mention in the introduction about you how you are now starting herbs and hands. Yes. And I think that is so exciting. I just saw your post the other day about what you're offering for people. Mm -hmm. And um, I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about herbs and hands and what's going on there because I think that is beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah. So herbs and hands um, really represents the two things that I'm the most passionate about in my practice. Um, I'm passionate about working with herbs and working with herbs that are easy to find, not the exotic, sexy herbs that you see all over the news. But, <laughs> you know, the we're, I'm really doing a deep dive to educate patients. And um, we started with flax seeds and February is going to be all about dandelion. Mm -hmm. So going for really what you might call boring herbs mm -hmm. and really diving in to see what they can really do. And then the hands part is craniosacral therapy, which is mm -hmm. something that I love. So my practice is really built around meeting people where they are and trying to honor the vitality within their own selves and go back to old school vitalistic naturopathic medicine um, and the two tools that I'll use in that realm are mostly going to be the herbs and then my hands. Beautiful. And can you tell a little bit about what's 
what I found to be incredibly unique about your offerings as as a naturopathic doctor and mm-hmm. how approachable you are making it for people who have a lot of struggles in the insurance world and such. Yes. So insurance, been playing that game for six and a half years and I'm done. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just done. Yeah. Um, So I've created a membership model. So with this membership model, I have regular income coming in so I can really budget and know exactly what I need to charge. And so that's going to be $100 a month for up to two hours of care with me face to face. And if people aren't ready to commit to a year long um, journey of health with me, my rates are $100 an hour. And for people who really want to come see me, but that's not going to work for them, I offer a half hour by donation only appointment. One's available every day. Awesome. It's so cool. I, I am just blown away about how you navigated around a lot of the logistics and bullshit that is available (laughs) in our medical system today and how you're making your skills so available to so many people in this community. And I really hope that other people step on board to a similar model. Um, I think it's going to be one of the things that can really impact people and allow them to use natural medicine a lot, lot better. So kudos to you on doing that. It's so cool. So cool. I can't wait to shout that out to the masses. <laughs> um, so a lot of this podcast is about helping people, like you were saying, just use the basic herbs and, and bringing more herbal, herbal remedies into their households and doing them on their own and feeling that incredible empowerment. So I would love to learn about, if you can recall it back, the first herbal recipe you've ever made. Okay. So the first recipe where I was mixing and fixing would be elderberry syrup. I call elderberry syrup the gateway drug. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. It is delightful to take. It is so easy to make. And I still have people that will ask me if I'm selling elderberry syrup. And I will always say, nope, I'm selling the dried berries. And here's the recipe for free. Yeah. No, you I don't know how shelf stable it really is. Each batch is a little bit different. So, you know, right? <laughs> just make your own and use it up. And it's yeah. so much cheaper than buying it on the shelf. That's awesome. What kind of, do you maybe have the recipe on hand that you like to go by? Well, um, the basic is I like to do an ounce of the dried berries mm-hmm. uh, per about uh, four cups of water. Mm-hmm. So when you say an ounce, is that a weighed ounce or that's is that like weighed, grabbing yeah. your measuring cup? Because I think a, a lot of people get, ounce? Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people get confused there. I know I did in the beginning of my herbalist journey. So yeah. um, very and cool. For people who don't have a scale at home, that's about a cup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. And then so what do they do then? They take the water and the elderberries? And then they're going to put it into a pot on the stove and they're just going to simmer it. Mm-hmm. I like to simmer it with the lid on. One, the smell is quite intense. Yeah. And two, you don't want to get rid of all of those volatile chemicals that, that come off. You want that actually in your medicine. Mm-hmm. And you can get really creative with that. You can put in different herbs. You can put in things like cinnamon and cloves. You can put in additional um, 
immune boosting herbs like astragalus or echinacea. Mm -hmm. You can play with that a lot and find a flavor profile that really helps. I really like warming herbs that seem to be really helpful for colds and flus, which is what we're using the elderberry syrup for. Yeah. Once you've simmered it for about 40 minutes or so with a lid on, then just strain everything out. Mm -hmm. um, a little mesh wire strainer works great for that. Uh, then compost if you have, if you can, mm -hmm. uh, all of that, then let it come to room temperature. And then you're going to put about an equal amount of raw local organic honey in and mix it together. And that's it. You've got elderberry syrup. So yummy. Yeah. And you can do it in less than an hour. Yeah. It's great. So it's funny you should say this. So um, a couple of things to elderberry syrup. I teach a class in my community about how to make elderberry syrup as well. Um, one of these days I'll get it onto YouTube. And then I've got a great blog post on mountainmetals.com about elderberry syrup and different herbs that you can add and how to make it and why all those things. And my mother-in-law is completely like really resistant to things like herbs and, and everything I've dedicated my life to since I've been with her son for 10 years now. Um, and it's really funny, but she messaged me the other day and she's like, I really think that elderberry syrup is keeping me healthy this winter because there's been a lot of sickness and oh flu goodness, outbreaks yeah. this year. And I'm like, yeah, it has. <laughs> you know, it really, really has. It's not just my witchy mojo stuff. Um, and she's like, can you bring me more elderberry syrup? And I was really busy. And I was like, no, I can't. But what I can do is bring you all of the ingredients and tell you exactly how you can make your very own medicine. And I, I told her to, how to make it. And I brought her some honey and I brought her all the berries and ginger and cinnamon and all those great warming herbs. And I was like, here, put this on a pot of water and, and let it simmer for a, a long time. And then mix it with this honey. And she's like, okay. You know, she thought I was a little crazy for having her make it herself. And her husband's like, ah, oh, elderberries, they've got cyanide. You're going to die. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, and uh, she makes it and she was really excited. And I just told her like, you're making a fairly big batch. So I had her freeze ice cubes of elderberry nice. syrup so that she could preserve it for later and quit bugging me about it all the time. So yeah, <laughs> I love that you consider elderberry syrup as a gateway drug and maybe that will be um, yet another gateway I pass off to my mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you can turn that syrup into gummies by adding gelatin to it. Totally. And you've got this great protein that's really great for your skin and yeah. it's easy to just throw them at your kids. Yeah, absolutely. I love tricking my kiddo with gummies. Like here, it's candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or make them into popsicles. There's just so many great ways to get creative with your herbs and, and, and oh, trick yeah. your kids into taking herbal medicine. It's really awesome. So a little bit ago, you had mentioned a couple of teachers that you had learned from, like Jillian Stansberry and Dr. Mm -hmm. Glenn Nagel, two of my favorite teachers as well. Um, so I'm just curious, who would you consider some of your most influential teachers in your very early days of learning about herbalism? In my very early days of learning about herbalism, that would be those three. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Who was the other one? I forget. I remember Jillian. Uh, Dr. And Judy Peabody. Okay. Yeah. And you said Francis too, right? Oh, yeah. Dr. Francis. Dr. Deborah Francis. Yeah. She's she one of my faves. 
Yeah, she's pretty amazing. Um, cool. That is great. And now, like, now that you're really immersed into the world of herbalism, do you have any favorite teachers that are super influential for you now? I wanted to take a quick pause to show some love and gratitude to our sponsors of the Herbalist Path podcast who make this show possible for me and possible for you too. So here it goes. I love this time of year. It's spring, the sun is shining, and all of our beautiful plant friends are popping up. It's amazing. Unless, of course, you're one of the millions of people who suffer from seasonal allergies. You know, the itchy, watery eyes, the sneezing and wheezing that's straight miserable. Thankfully, there are some amazing herbs that can help you with all of that, just like the herbs inside of Kick-Ass Allergy from Wish Garden Herbs, one of my absolute favorite herbal companies out there. Kick-Ass Allergy, yes, I said ask without the K at the end. Anyways, this formula has yerba santa, nettles, echinacea for that immune support, and orange peels, all which come together to help dry up those excessive mucosal secretions. Yep, I'm talking about the sniffles and the stuffy nose, the watery eyes, and all that jazz. This blend also acts as a great expectorant and can help ease the swelling and inflammation in those mucosal tissues. It is a top go-to for seasonal allergies. And get this, they combine all those beautiful herbs with glycerin, so it actually tastes pretty darn good. Or should I say it tastes kick-ass without the K at the end. Anyways, if allergy season is miserable for you and you want a natural remedy that actually works for those itchy eyes and being all sneezy and wheezy, you have got to check out Wish Garden Herbs Kick-Ask Allergy. And for those of you with the little kiddos, no sweat, they've got a kick-it allergy too. And you pregnant mamas? You don't have to suffer either. They've got a kick-ass allergy formula just for you. So head over to wishgardenherbs.com or check out the link in the show notes and go grab yourself some kick-ass allergy so you can enjoy spring again. Uh, Paul Bergner. Yeah, I would say that he would be the number one. I've got a bunch of his CDs from the North American School of Medical Herbalism, and I put them on my phone and I listen to him in the car. And yeah. I always just get great little pearls out. I love his vitalistic approach. Yeah, he is an absolutely brilliant herbalist. And I was really fortunate that he, I had a lot of classes with him throughout my more formal formal education time um and his cds are just packed with so much valuable information love mm -hmm. that man awesome yeah. very very cool um so if you were to think about it like say somebody's like oh cool i'm starting to I, i'm gonna go make elderberry syrup but gosh now i really really want to learn more i know that today there's a lot of options out there of different herbalists to learn from and things like that are there um any things in particular that you look for when you're learning about herbalism in a teacher 
Yeah, so I'm looking for somebody who is going to include recipes in what they're talking about to show that it's not just about the, the book learning. Mm -hmm. um, I like to hear a little bit of the science with the constituents in there, but I want to hear stories of how these herbs have actually worked. Um, I think for if, if there are other people that are looking for someone and they don't have the opportunity to learn from somebody through one of these schools, uh, Rosemary Gladstar's, uh, her videos and her books are a fantastic introduction and way to get into herbalism too. Yeah. Um, and other than that, finding somebody who can learn from in person. Yeah. That's, that's really big. I think that's so valuable. I, I went to school for environmental and experiential ed. And so for me, like hands-on learning is so very important. Yeah. Like yeah. I've tried a lot of online programs and I may one day launch my own online program. <laughs> um, but for me, I need to touch it. I need to taste it. I need to feel it. I need to see it, smell it. I need to be it, you know, yeah, so. yeah. but some people learn really well online and some people learn really well through lectures and, um, yeah, exactly. And we all have our own accessibility issues as somebody who's been differently abled at different parts of my life. Mm -hmm. There were times where I couldn't go get out on a trail and go look at the herbs. So being able to learn from books and online was really important. So don't want to bash that at all. Right. Absolutely. Very important. Definitely what got me even more inspired to carry on and learn more and more and more. And now I've got this huge herb book library. And yes. <laughs> um, speaking of herb books, if, if there were like one book that you would recommend to somebody who's just now learning about herbalism and wanting to bring it into their homes and share with their families and community, what book would you recommend? Uh, that would be the Rosemary Gladstar Beginner um, the beginner's guide to herbal medicine because that yeah. one yeah she's really working on accessible herbs and gives lots of recipes that's a great place to start the yeah. next step up for me would be dr cheryl tilgner's books herbal medicine from the heart of the earth or the herbal medicine abcs because uh, yeah. then she's really getting into a lot of the science so anybody who's ah, i don't know is this all hearsay you can see those scientific studies as well and really say, hey, why are people saying that this isn't scientific? Yeah, those those are great. I, I have all three of those books and mm -hmm. I absolutely love them. I think they're a great way to start. I like that you also set a next step up because I know in my beginnings of the herbal journey, I, I took... I did a school and it was really great. It was very field-based and I, I learned a lot about making plant medicine and I learned a lot about how to identify different plants out in the wild and when to harvest them for their peak medicinal value. But the whole school seemed a little hippy-dippy for me. So I, yeah. I went on to a little more scientific um, school, which was really great to learn about like what's really going on with these things and how is it helping the human body. And, how can we make it all better? So, well, and it's funny to see how the journey goes because sometimes it can start hippy dippy and then dive deep into the science, and then it kind of comes back to another hippy dippy level because you're yeah. like, wait, they just knew what they knew and they were bypassing all of this other information because um, they're experts in, in what they're doing. Right. It's, it's kind of funny to, to follow that journey yourself. Yeah, it, it's it's a fascinating journey, right? <laughs> awesome. Here's a fun question I like to ask, and it's a really tough question. Um, but if you were to pick one herb that you think everyone needed to know about, 
So what would that herb be? That would be dandelion. Mm -hmm. That would be dandelion. Dandelion is everywhere. It's on every continent except for Antarctica. I mean, come on. If, if there's a medicine that everybody needs, it's dandelion. It is fantastic for our livers. It's fantastic for our urinary tract systems. It's fantastic for our digestive system. And it's just really good medicine, really good food even. Yeah. yeah. So what if you, okay, so say somebody's like, cool, dandelion, I'm going to go use dandelion. What is a, a great way that they could use it? And why would they use it that way? Okay. So a couple of different things. So different parts of the plant will be higher in different medicinal qualities, right? So the leaves have a lot more diuretic, which means it helps to pee out fluid. So great for if, you're, if you have issues with a lot of swelling towards the end of the day. But don't drink any dandelion tea or eat dandelion late in the, bed, late in the day. You might piss the bed. That's what <laughs> they call it in France, piss the bed. Um, so, so that would be a great way. And with the leaves, you can make a tea out of it. You can just eat them like any other greens. The early spring greens are going to be the tastiest. You can make it into a pesto. There's all sorts of fun culinary things, just like you would do with any other green leafy herb. Mm -hmm. With the root, um, you want to dig those up in the fall because they're going to have a lot of their sugars in there and they're going to taste a lot better. And then I like to roast them in the oven until they're nice and dry. And then I like to make an herbal coffee out of them. It tastes mm -hmm. delicious. Yeah. And that's really good for um, stimulating your digestion. Um, just like coffee can be as well. Um, and it's just, it gets all of your digestive juices flowing. And that's what we like. And if you're having issues with your gallbladder, you'd want that too. Yeah. Something's flowing. Nothing's yeah. stagnant. That's awesome. Those are great, great recommendations. I, of course, love dandelion as well. <laughs> um, dandelion. Yes. Tooth of the lion. Um, or lion's tooth, however that is said. Um, Cool. So was there a point in your herbal um, journey that you're like, holy cow, I'm an herbalist. Did that ever happen for you? Or were you just like, I'm a doctor? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> well, as a naturopathic doctor and, you know, as a female naturopathic doctor and somebody who grew up um, in, more in poverty, there's always that little bit of imposter syndrome you have to get through. So there was a lot of clinging to that identity as doctor for a while early on. Right. Um, but the more I worked with herbs for my own personal healing journey, the more I realized that, yeah, I'm, I am a doctor herbalist. Yeah. I think that's such a beautiful combination. It's, yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> um, so just, I want to touch on something that you had just said there and, and on your healing journey, because I have watched you over the years through your mm -hmm. healing journey. And it's, it's really inspiring to me. Um, I have been through various phases in my life where I've certainly been more healthy than I am now, and I've been less healthy than I am now. And, um, it's really, really beautiful to watch what you have done for yourself. Are there any particular herbs that were absolutely dominant in the healing for yourself? Oh, I wouldn't say there have been any that have been too dominant, um, but they've all, there's been different herbs that have had different phases. 
uh, depending on what's been going on. So when I graduated from medical school, my autoimmune arthritis was really bad. I could not even lift up a cup of coffee with my hands. It was, it was very bad. I couldn't open doors. I could not drive holding my wheel. I had to use my wrists. Um, I could not get up and down off of the floor. Um, I did a little dance with conventional medicine and, and took some of their drugs. They made me just even more sick. It was not a good time with my life. Um, sleeping in braces and all sorts of things. I have a wheelchair that lives in the attic right now, but I, you, it would have to come out sometimes on family outings. Um, yeah, it was not a good time. Yeah. Um, so when things were really, really inflamed, I did um, lean on turmeric quite a bit for its anti-inflammatory qualities. Um, I leaned on um, a lot more relaxing herbs like chamomile and valerian and passion flower to make sure I could sleep um, and to help with uh, the anxiety that was triggered from all that inflammation. Yeah. Um, and then just a lot of nutritional herbs. So I would eat dandelions, I would eat nettles, um, and I would make a lot of teas with different nourishing herbs and just kind of cycle through a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, so nobody except for turmeric stood out for quite a while um, with a little bit of black pepper in there to make it absorb better. Um, yeah. And just food. Mm -hmm. Food was the big thing. Yeah, definitely. I know you, you used the Whole30 diet quite a bit and did a lot of gut healing protocol throughout that process, if I recall. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, after years of battling it, admitting to myself that one, I can't have gluten. And Such a hard one to let go it's of. It's so hard to let go of because I love baking bread. Right. Um, so one, no gluten. Uh, two, through doing the Whole30, I learned no chickpeas for me. No oh, wow. beans. Yep. It feels like I have glass in my joints the next day. Ouch. Um, and three, absolutely no alcohol. Yeah. Do not do alcohol. It just increases inflammation instantly. Huh. Wow. Yeah. It's so fascinating when you actually like take the time to study your own self and do an right. elimination diet like that. And mm -hmm. what it, it's, it's imperative to really get to the root of things, I think. Um, I wanted to make sure, like, not to leave, leave that on a bummer of all the things that I can't eat, but also like falling in love with all of the really good foods to eat and making sure I'm eating enough fruits and vegetables and good healthy proteins and good healthy fat. Um, my diet looks completely different than when it, everything started out. And I mean, I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. I had irritable bowel syndrome, not just the psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. And I don't deal with any of those. I have minor issues in my joint now and I still joints and I have some skin um, inflammation, but not nearly anything like it was. Yeah, it, it really shows when I see you. Like I just <laughs> ran into you in the parking lot at Michael's yeah. a couple of weeks back and I was like, man, <laughs> she just looks great. You know, you radiate, you're a lot smaller than you were when we first yeah. met. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really inspirational. So yeah. that is excellent. I wanted to touch base uh, just quickly on one thing you were saying about turmeric that I think is really yeah. important for people to know. You had mentioned that you add black pepper to your turmeric. And yes. can you tell us why? That is to increase the absorption. So turmeric on its own is not very readily absorbed. And there are a lot of supplement companies out there that have made little different chemical changes to the turmeric to make it more absorbable. Um, but just back in Ayurvedic medicine in India, where they use a lot of turmeric, that was their thing was they would make golden milk and other curries and things. 
and black pepper added to it really increases the absorption astronomically. Um, yeah. And also with, including it with some fat too. That's why the golden milk with coconut milk, or you can do dairy milk if you need to. Yeah. Um, works really well. Pretty sure I'm going to go home and make some golden milk tonight. <laughs> we just got an yeah. almond cow. Have you heard of one of these? I have heard of them, yes. Yeah, I just got one for Christmas. I'm pretty excited about being able to make my own nut milks really, really quickly. So nice. that wasn't intended to be an almond cow plug, but maybe it should be. Maybe. <laughs> um, maybe I'll put that in the show notes. Who knows? Um so uh, one thing that I see a lot is like the imposter syndrome. Um, oh, yeah. Like I know I have definitely suffered from it and been like, well, who am I to say I'm an herbalist? Am I an herbalist? So in your opinion, what makes someone an herbalist? Um, you're human and you eat herbs. Beautiful. <laughs> right? It's yeah. that simple. I mean, animals eat herbs too, but they don't get hung up on definitions. Right, right. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that is awesome I love that if you were to be able to go back in time and thinking about your herbal path and Mm -hmm. um, what you did and what you didn't do is there anything that you would do differently if you were to be able to start that journey over oh I wish that I had able was able to get more hands-on herbal experience early on um because of financial situations and my personal health, I don't know that that would have been possible. So if there's a magic wand that can make everything possible, then I would have loved to have had more hands-on herbal experience before diving into naturopathic medical school um, and just seeing, seeing more of what, what is really possible when you do this medicine, right? Yeah. And then I most likely would not have jumped into the insurance bandwagon when I got out of school. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be from all of my naturopath friends that I know, like that's just a huge struggle for all of them. And as a patient, it is also a huge struggle all the way around. So um, really, um, yeah, I'm glad. I I love the model you're creating now. It's really, really beautiful. Um, Yeah. It doesn't matter if somebody labels it as medically necessary or not anymore. You want to come talk about anatomy for an hour, come talk about anatomy for an hour. Right. Yeah. That's important too, for sure. Yeah. Um, is there any like particular advice or wisdom that you would share with somebody that's just starting down their herbal path? <sighs> don't get too, don't fall too in love with the books right away. Mm-hmm. Um, make stuff get your hands dirty, go out and meet the plants where they are and start with the plants that are living around where you are. Um, And then you can increase your circle from there and you can go to the books and you can learn a lot there. Be careful about the internet. There's some really, really good information out there, but there's also some really misleading and dangerous information out there um, and really uninformed. So check where you're getting your information from what qualifies them to be an expert in what they're doing and what they're saying and then really yeah, work with the plants they're growing where you are and start there or go to the grocery store if you live in an apartment and you're like i can't trust anything around me because it's sprayed go to the grocery store there's oregano there's thyme there's basil there's all there's garlic there's ginger there's all sorts of stuff that you can start with and just mm-hmm. pick an herb or two and just really dive deep with them and see what they have to offer. Yeah. 
I think that is some beautiful, beautiful advice. Um, I think what I call internet herbalism often frightens me, just some of the misinformation that is out there. It's um, it's scary, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's a lot of people that go out there and are like, yeah, I'm just going to Google it. And you're like, don't do what they're saying. It's not how it works, you know? And that's, right, that's yeah. You know, the internet is definitely a blessing and a curse. So. Yeah. I would also say avoid any any information that is saying this herb treats this condition because that's not how herbs work. Oh, herbs man. work with your body to help promote a process, whether it's increasing, increasing blood circulation, increasing bile circulation, whether it's warming you up or cooling you down. Uh, those are the things they do. They don't treat the textbook conditions that we as human and humans have invented. Yeah, I think that's another really important one. Like as an herbalist in my community, I get so many people that reach out to me and are like, Mel, what do you have for this condition? I'm like, I am not a pharmacy. I am not an instant yeah. fix pill. These plants are not an instant fix pill. This is a lifestyle. And yes, you can find plants and combinations that will certainly help. But if you're not willing to address that root cause, yeah. you're not going to get fully where you want to be. You know? right. And let's take something as simple as blood pressure. How many different blood pressure medications are there out there? Okay. How many different ways to treat blood pressure? That means that there are a lot of different kinds of blood, high blood pressure out there. Right. So not, I mean, Hawthorne, great heart herb, but it's not going to be the right herb for everybody. There are True. so many different combinations. You got to figure out why your blood pressure is raised and yeah. go from there. Absolutely. Such a key piece right there. Thank you. <laughs> Um, is there any other like pieces of info you want to share with people that are going down their herbalist path that we haven't touched upon yet? I would say that one thing that I think is really important is that when we, as a, a culture and a society and as, as humans are going and learning herbs, we're really actually remembering what we used to do all the time. We used to all have medicinal herbal gardens and grow our own food. This is all information that is in our DNA. It's in our ancestral memory. Yeah. So not getting too, too caught up in the idea of learning all of the biochemical pathways and all of the constituents and all of that, that's all great. Learn it if you're interested in it, but you don't have to know all of that to use herbs. Right. Um, we, there used to be an herbalist in every house, and that's exactly what we need to get back to. Absolutely. Um, so you definitely yeah. touched on it. That's one of my other questions for you is, like, what's the greatest reason that you think there should be an herbalist in every home? Because we need to be in charge of our health again. Yeah. We need to not be feeling like we're victims to some random action that makes us sick. There, we all live within nature and there are natural laws and there are things that we can do to address illnesses. There are things we can do to prevent them. Yes, we all have genetic structures and blueprints that are different, which makes us more susceptible to certain things, mm -hmm. but that's not a, it's not a, a hard and fast rule that yeah. you're going to get that condition or how bad that condition will affect you. And people successfully live with chronic incurable illnesses all the time, just because conventional medicine doesn't have the answers um, doesn't mean that they're not out there and you can find them yourself. 
So yeah, don't limit yourself. Yeah. I love that, that piece. Like we need an herbalist in every home so we can take charge of our health. Like that piece right there is just genius. It's so true. Yeah. It's your life. It's your health. Yeah. It's nobody else's. And these plants, they're just growing for you. (laughs) You Exactly. They're everywhere. You're like, hey, hi. Look at me. I'm a good friend. Yeah, absolutely. Use me. Use me. (laughs) (laughs) But use me well and wisely and preserve me as well. Right. And don't try to profit off of me too much. Yeah, exactly. Right. Not too much. Yeah. No. Not too much. They can help us in many, many ways, including helping us have a livelihood, but don't, you know, take them all. Take and, one and, and patent each constituent and, yeah. and tell you you can't use it anymore because <laughs> we'd hate for you to know that these plants can actually heal you. Yeah. Right. And that's <laughs> another reason to, for there to be an herbalist in every home. The FDA is making it harder for doctors, so people with licenses. Once we're licensed, we can be regulated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're making it harder for us to use all of the herbs. So nettles, for instance, are on a list of herbs to be taken away from herbalists to be able to use. Bah. So they can't do that to the citizens. So right. so us as citizens, as, as people, need to preserve the herbal medicine for ourselves. Um, there are people out there fighting that fight for you, but the FDA is a, that's a big David and Goliath situation, and we don't know how that's going to turn out. Yeah, that's so scary. That's so yeah. insane and scary. It is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Well, uh, this has been great. I love <laughs> everything that you have shared. Can you also share where people can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on my website, which is herbs and the word and and hands.com. You can follow me on Facebook at Herbs and Hands. You can follow me on Instagram at Herbs and Hands. And if you would like to, you can sign up for my newsletter. And every Wednesday, I drop another article. Um, The last one this past week was all flaxseed recipes. So we're featuring, we, I'm featuring (laughs) one new herb each month and we're doing a deep dive. So what's coming up is dandelion and talking about natural detoxification pathways in our own bodies, why we don't need to buy any cleanse kits. Um, And then a really deep dive into what is the liver and what does it actually do? My husband's my copy editor and he was amazed and, and, you know, on the floor with like, wow, it really is important that we eat good food and get all these vitamins and minerals. Look at what the liver is doing. Right. And then job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then every month it'll, we'll wrap up with just different recipes for how we can use the herbs. And so you can kind of follow that journey all month on social media. And you can also get that delivered straight to your email box every Wednesday. Oh, that is great. That is a brilliant education. I love that you're doing a deep dive into the herbs too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really important thing as you're beginning on your herbalist path to not just like go out and get them all. Like right. my mom was like one day, she's like, I bought all these herbs from Mountain Rose Herbs and I don't know what to do with them. And she went out and bought like a pound of like 50 different herbs with no clue at all. Uh, 
of how she, herbs. internet to get used. internet <laughs> herbalism. Well, she gave me a laundry basket full of oh. all these bags of herbs. Like, can you do something with them? And I'm like, mom, I got no use for this. And I got no use for that. And yeah. what are you doing? You know, I went to school for this. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can help you. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's a pretty important, important piece. Yeah, Ash. absolutely. Thank you. I hope everybody out there signs up for Dr. Danielle Curry's email list and definitely follow her on Instagram and Facebook. She's brilliant. She's full of knowledge. She has been in challenging places and she has used natural medicine to help herself get out of those challenging places. She's inspiring as all get out. And I'm honored <laughs> to have you on the Herbalist Path sharing your herbal path. Well, thank you so much. It was wonderful to be here. Awesome. Wow. That was so much fun to have Dr. Curry on the podcast today. I hope you found a lot of really valuable information out of everything she had to say and found our conversation as fun as I did. Um, if you love this podcast and you want to keep learning more here, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player and definitely follow us at The Herbalist Path on Instagram as well as on Facebook. And I've got a very special offer for all of you wonderful podcast listeners. Since this is my podcast and I am Mel of Mountain Mel's, I am offering all of The Herbalist Path um, listeners, a 20% discount at Mountain Mel's. So you can get herbal teas that are not only functional, but freaking delicious and natural first aid goods that actually work. So if you want to get a 20% discount at Mountain Mel's, go ahead and head over to www.mountainmels.com backslash discount backslash the herbalist's path. Or just go to Mountain Mel's and use the coupon code, the Herbalist Path, as one word. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Herbalist Path and being with me on this mission to inspire a movement where there's an herbalist in every home again. Peace. I wanted to take a quick pause to show some love and gratitude to our sponsors of the Herbalist Path podcast who make this show possible for me and possible for you too. So here it goes. Medicinal mushrooms are all the rage these days, if you didn't know already. And with great reason, because they are powerful medicine that can improve your health and your life in so many different ways when they're well-made. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of stuff on the market that isn't going to be so effective. And that's why you need to find a brand that you can actually trust. For me, that brand is Whole Sun Wellness. And this is the creation of a brilliant woman and fellow mama, Jamie Bonfiglio. She's an international mushroom educator that has been working in the medicinal mushroom industry for years. And this is when she saw firsthand how many other companies take shortcuts when it comes to their products. And Jamie wasn't having it. She set out to build her company the right way. Whole Sun Wellness is here to raise the industry standards so those crap mushrooms on the market aren't getting into your body or your family's body. 
Whole Sun Wellness is the first company to test and report nutritional facts for all of their extracts. They go beyond industry standards every step of the way, from sourcing to extraction and final testing. And as the owners of the largest medicinal mushroom farm in the United States, Whole Sun Wellness is taking control of their supply chain for the highest quality and absolute full transparency. They're even the first company to include pure mycelium extract in every single product. So when you're thinking of getting medicinal mushrooms for you and your family, Whole Sun Wellness is exactly the ones you want. Also, be sure to check out their new Mycolites. These are the world's first dissolvable electrolyte tablets. They're featuring functional mushroom extracts that'll give you more energy, more stamina, and recovery as well. And who couldn't use all of that? The other thing is, they are these adorable little mushroom-shaped tablets, and they come in like a little Altoids box, but way cooler than Altoids, because they're Mycolites. Anyways, head to wholesunwellness.com to grab yourself some Mycolites and all of the other functional medicinal mushrooms that you and your family need, and of course, you can grab that link right here in the show notes now. 